Welcome to Epic Moses, the teaching ministry of Chris Morgan. May the light of God illuminate your heart and may the truth make you free as you listen. As we conclude on the five-part series of Walking in the Light, let us once again briefly run through everything we have learned on the matter. We started with talking about allegories and what they are. We also looked at how they feature throughout scripture and how they are an important part of the makeup of the Bible. We learned that not recognizing the role of allegories in scripture will make understanding it impossible and pose a danger of the reader being completely misled. We saw that the word light in scriptures allegorically means information and that walking talks about conduct. Walking in the light therefore talks about an informed lifestyle or in other words being enlightened. We postulated a four-step process with the acronym LIRA, L-I-R-A, through which we believe any individual can walk in the light. The full meaning of LIRA being to listen, investigate, receive, and apply. We said anyone who goes through these steps in that order will inevitably walk in the light or be enlightened. We looked at the first step, which is to listen, being the entry point to the process, as crucial to achieving the desired goal. We learned that enlightenment is impossible for anyone without first of all listening. We also understood that the more knowledgeable a person is, the more likely they are to listen. And the more ignorant a person is, the less likely they are to listen. In addition, we learned that being too busy or being too eager to speak can also be a major hindrance to a person's ability to listen. Finally, we learned that being full of preconceptions makes a person less likely to listen. This makes it necessary to drop all preconceptions whenever we listen to be more receptive to incoming light. Now we looked at the second step of Lira, which is to investigate. We saw that listening is only safe if we can commit to investigate everything we hear. And in investigating, we also learned that recognizing the fact that anyone can be wrong and that being wrong is not a bad thing will help us seek a wider view to corroborate the information we gather. We went on to look at the third step, which is to receive. We saw that receiving can be a difficult thing because humans are creatures of habit. Therefore, humans prefer to stay with whatever they think they know at any time. We then saw that a new idea requires a new mindset, or as the Bible calls it, repentance. Let us now wrap up the entire study 
by going to the final step of Lira, which is to apply. After all said and done, if we don't do this last step, then the entire process will have succeeded in being an intellectual activity with little tangible results. Practical results lie in the application of information. What I mean by application is to experiment with what we have learned in real life situations. You see, information is a mental thing received through our senses from the outside. It has impact only on our minds. The benefits of information are mainly intrinsic, though that is a good thing and a big leap in the mental evolution of anyone. This is because whenever we receive information and change our mind, we become another person, so to speak. It causes your interactions to be altered in fundamental ways and puts you on a new path of development as an individual. However, man is a tripartite being. And this means that man is not just his mind, it's more than his mind, it's spirit, soul, and body. We are more than our minds and are ideally meant to operate beyond the mental realm. So information, which is mental, needs to be processed into knowledge, which is spiritual, to bring the practical benefits into our lives. And the only way to do this is by trials. Even in the world of science, no theory can be accepted as fact until it's been through enough trials. It has to pass through practical applications many times over and the results of the trials must be consistently the same every time for it to become accepted as a scientific fact. In the same way, your spirit will only allow anything resident into it when that thing has been through enough trials in your life. This is why theorizing about scriptures doesn't produce anything but religion. Apostle Paul spoke about it in 2 Timothy 3.7 when he said, Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. This is a problem of non-application of information. For many of us, scriptures belong to the Bible and prayer time, not in the real life. It's all about proclamations, slogans, and cliches for most people. That's why people say they want to go to heaven yet. When they see an AK-47, they run away. That cycle of knowledge can never be complete in us until those things we have come to believe in have successfully been applied in our lives in a practical way over time. Now let us get into some specifics. I am not talking about the ubiquitous practice of using testimonies as a means of building faith where people tend to massage the facts to fit their own ideals. Testimonies are exciting and great for church services, but they don't produce knowledge. They are more of a marketing tool used to make God look good. I am talking about practical, unbiased tests 
repeated many times yielding uniform outcomes without your help. Take for example, Prophet Elijah, who when he was meant to call fire from heaven, submerged the firewood in a pool of water, making it a much harder task to achieve. Elijah didn't try to help God in any way, but made it more impossible. This is the perfect example of how to run trial. Do not try to help God or make it easy. No, my brothers and sisters, if you do that, you're messing up your process. If anything has been written or God has promised anything, apply it as it is and sit and watch it work. If it can't work without your help, don't deceive yourself, it's not true, regardless of who said it or where it was written. Like Elijah, make it harder and less likely to work, so that if it works against all odds, the matter is proven beyond doubt. Let's examine the results of Elijah's process. When the trials were over, it gave Elijah the moral authority to ask the people to help kill all the prophets of Baal. No one could argue in the face of the undeniable outcome. Now had Elijah gone on the safer route of using dry sticks for the trials, there could have arose arguments coming from doubts and even he may even have had little reservations in his heart. As I said in a previous episode, anything that cannot stand without your help cannot support your weight. Let those things you believe in prove themselves without your help. Don't say you are praying it into being. You are deceiving yourself. It's just a fancy excuse for a lack of faith. Look at it this way. If you ask me for something and I tell you I will do it, and you quietly wait for me to do it, it shows you trust in my integrity. But if you keep returning to ask for the same thing over and again, it shows you don't trust in me at all. Now, as wonderful as things like push prayers sound, they are actually prayers of carnal and faithless people who have no connection with the spirit realm at all but completely ruled by their flesh, only believing prayer is answered when they see things physically, rather than when they prayed as Christ instructed in Mark 11.24. Or they can be compared to the heathens who according to Christ believe they will be heard because of their much speaking. This is what's written in Matthew 6.7. Practical application takes faith. Without it, it's impossible to please God or achieve enlightenment. Now, let me give a personal account before I wrap things up. Several years ago, an opportunity came for my wife and kids to move to the USA, but I didn't have the means to make it happen. However, after a few signs, I approached God and I was told to give my consent and they will be taken. Now I gave my consent and God told me they are going. As the preparation started, my wife kept bringing ideas on things that other people who were also going were doing to give them a better chance for the visas. 
but I kept rejecting all her suggestions. I kept telling her that God said you are going, but my actions did not seem to support what I was saying. My wife was convinced I was trying to frustrate the whole thing because of my reluctance to cooperate to make things easier. I refused to have their virgin passports stamped as others have done. I refused to provide a good bank account to give them a better chance for the visa as others had done. I just kept telling her, God said you are going. But she became angry and even called me a wicked man. Now on the day of the interview, they rejected all those other people who were very prepared and only gave visas to my wife and children who were not even prepared at all. Now had I done any of those things she suggested, I am very sure they would have been rejected along with others because God does not like anybody trying to help him. Remember this, this walk towards enlightenment is a crucial one with eternal consequences. This is because whatever you get from this process will benefit you from time to eternity, which makes it a worthy cause. It can make all the difference in our lives here on earth, but it will also prepare us for our existence in eternity. Now consider this. To listen takes humility. To investigate takes perseverance. To receive takes sincerity. To apply takes faith. These are great qualities that are exercised in this same process of enlightenment, which in the end produces in us good character, bringing forth what we call the fruits of the Spirit. Along with all the benefits already mentioned, this process also helps build good qualities in you. There is no way a person can be the same after going through these processes over and over. It will serve as a refiner and a reshaper for your personality, putting you in a better position to be suitable for great things in life. It helps you develop a fearless attitude and puts all life goals within reach. My prayer is that this series will go far and wide and that all those who will be graced to listen to the podcasts or read the articles will experience a change in their paradigm to bring them to the higher level of thinking and consequently experience a higher level of living. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Thank you so very much for listening and God bless you. We hope you were blessed by these teachings. For inquiry, support and contributions, kindly send us an email on epignosis721 at gmail.com. You can also send us a message via WhatsApp on 234 We would love to hear from you. God bless you.